welcome to episode 21 of the Dead Letter Movie Podcast, recorded July 2nd, 2017. I'm Tim. I'm Andrew. And it's been a little while since we've done this, so we've got some movies to cover. Settle in, folks. Like most summers, there have been a lot of movies out. Big blockbuster tentpole-type movies. We've already talked about a couple of them in, uh, in, in previous episodes. But since it's been a little while, we, uh, we thought we'd... Uh, we just go over some of the ones we've seen since. So this is Summer Digest, part one. Part one. Part one. Um, but yes, we're going to start with Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. I had not seen the fourth one, but Tim says it's not worth it. Tim has seen the fourth one, so yeah. bear that in mind as we discuss. My, my advice on that one was see something good instead. Yes, yes. So uh, yes, Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp's on a boat again. To uh, to the usual to the usual things. Um, this time we are joined along with the child of Will Turner and Miss Swan, and that is who is played by some kid who I've seen in a lot of things but can never remember his name. He was in Oculus. He was also Prince Charming in Maleficent. Uh, um, Brenton but... Thwaites. Thank you, Thwaites. Yes, Brenton Thwaites. He is in this. He comes along for the ride. We also get Javier Bardem. Uh, Bardem, sorry, Bardem. Uh, who plays the evil Captain Salazar, and we once again get um, Captain Barbosa or Hector Barbosa, as played by Jeffrey, Jeffrey Rush. Rush. Um, was Jeffrey Rush in the fourth one, or was he not? Uh, he was. He was. He's okay. he's been all throughout, except for the second where he was only in that little bit, um, in the tiny bit. Yeah. 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 No, and he's he's clearly having as much fun as, as he ever did with these movies. I mean, he, he mm-hmm. totally hams it up and, and just leans right into it. It looks yep. like he's having way too much fun being a you know, cartoon villainy pirate. <laughs> and, Indeed. And, it, and, and that, that, that still works. Yep. All that said, yeah. I, I kind of feel like this franchise is pretty played out. Nothing was really much of a surprise here. Nope. A, a lot of it felt even more contrived. Yep, we have seen, it's all stuff we've basically all seen before, but that doesn't mean it's not fun. Um, it's still a yeah. pirate movie, yeah. there's, still, there's still sword fighting, there's still cannons going off, and there's still, you know, the fair amount of dark fantasy elements. Treasure hunting, don't forget the treasure hunting. Oh yes, treasure hunting, zombie, zombie sharks this time, actually. Because of course there are. There's that edition of zombie sharks, um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> as much as I like zombie sharks, it is about... What you expect, um, if you've seen any of the sequels, you, you pretty much have an idea of what this is going to be like. There is a plot that exists. It serves the film fine. I could tell you the plot, but it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it, it, it really doesn't matter much. My, my, my take on this, after I saw it, was this is roughly the movie that I think most people feared the first one was going to be. When, when, when you hear Disney is making a movie based on their theme park ride, Pirates of the Caribbean, what would you expect that movie to be? And what we got instead was actually a lot of fun and you know lots, lots of high adventure and some silliness and some surprising characters in the first movie. And then they made other movies. Yeah, then they, then they made more movies. This movie is about like I feared the first one was going to be. In, mm-hmm. in that, yeah, it's it's not terrible, really, but it it felt pretty mediocre. Yeah, I, I still had some fun with it, but I, I I don't know this this wasn't really terribly substantial, but I didn't hate it either. Yeah, it scratches the pirate itch if you have that 
still lingering in you. That's that's it. It does. It sets out once what it wants to do. I will say that it actually does do what it wants to. It gives us a, albeit not very high expectations, but it's not really shooting for the stars either. But it's still doing what it wants to do, and that's fine. I do think we. Probably could have Disney not de-age their actors for a while. There's a scene where Johnny Depp looks like Pirate Gilbert Grape, and they have done the software that they've done on... <laughs> like, it's the same stuff that they've done to, like, Michael Douglas and Kurt Russell they've done in the Marvel movies. And, yes, we know you can mm-hmm. do this now. Whatever. I mean, like, the scene is an interesting little backstory, but it doesn't really add much. It's just sort of like, look at this thing that we can do with special effects. Which has its yeah. place, too, but... <laughs> I don't know, they could probably cool it for a little while. Um, I enjoyed the movie Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp's, he does what he's supposed to do. He does a fine job. The Thwaites kid also does a fine job. Um, Kira Knightley and Orlando Bloom have pretty fine cameos. Um, I actually think Jeffrey Rush probably does the best in this movie of everybody, even though he's still not like... He's not in this movie like he is in the first movie. Um, or even like he is in the third no. movie, but you know, he's pretty... Javier Bardem does... Bardem, I do every time. Uh, Javier Bardem does a... Uh, <laughs> it's one of those things where I know better. I just... Whatever. Um, anyway, so Javier does a good job. You know, interesting fact, this is the second time he has made a movie with Johnny Depp. Um, although all, although, Before Night Falls is a very different movie. <laughs> and way more obscure. I would, it got some Oscar notice, I think, but I don't remember what for. Because there was some reason why I watched the movie. Um and it was probably some awards-related thing why I watched the movie. But it does also have a Caribbean setting, now that I think of it, in that it, most of it takes place in Cuba. Um, but it's not like this. <laughs> There's, I think at one point he's on a raft. Um, I think that's about the extent of boating that happens in that movie. But anyway, it's fine. It's not great. It's not terrible. I had an enjoyable time. There are worse ways to spend your to spend your time um it's a very fine it's a good like matinee kind of movie like it's saturday or sunday afternoon i don't know what i want to do with myself i'll you could go see a movie this movie is just as good as anything else um for that i would well Well. i mean there are better things i guess but i mean like it's a pretty good (laughs) i'd say it's a pretty good sunday afternoon movie but with that in mind i'd say it's about a c plus film at best or at least a very solid c um everyone does well with what they got it's interesting. It's, for the most part, pretty good. It just doesn't do anything new or exciting. It's all stuff you've seen before. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. It's, like, like I said, it's, it's not terrible, but there's not much to really write home about either. So adequate, but not adequate, but not. I like that. Not really bad. Yeah. Just kind of. But we don't need so. any more. <laughs> yeah. No. No, we, we really don't. You, you can let this yep. one lie. Move on to a new... Start working on that Teacups movie. Or, I don't know, trying to think of some Disneyland ride that hasn't that doesn't already have a movie connected to it. I don't know. Anyway... That brings us to... Our next movie. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. 
right? Um, <laughs> so this is the fourth movie in the DC universe, right? Um, uh, yes. The Man yeah. of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, Suicide Squad, and this. And now this, um, right. And now this, okay. Um, this is the second DC movie that I've seen. Um, I saw Suicide Squad, that was a disaster. Yeah, we talked about it. This is not a disaster. Um, no. Tim, you have more familiar things going on with the universe, so maybe you should start with this. So, of the four movies, this is far and away the best of them. It works on levels that most of the others, just plain and simple, don't. They went wrong in ways I didn't think it was possible to screw up these characters. <laughs> this one, you know, the, the, the character of you know Princess Diana of Themyscira, Wonder Woman, is, for the most part, the character that we know she's supposed to be, and behaves in a way that is consistent with what we've seen of her in in other forms of media Mm -hmm. so on that level it it works really really well and and this is this this movie actually has has grown on me quite a bit since i saw it like yeah when i when i first saw it i was like yeah no this 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 was okay it was 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 pretty good I've, i've actually come to appreciate it more since then there there are lots of little things in it that i i wasn't really cognizant of quite while i was watching it but with with all that said it it does still have some some problems like like we said about ghostbusters last year i i think for the most part these problems these these could have happened to any movie it has absolutely nothing to do with you know a female lead or a female director or anything of the sort i'm very much of the opinion we need to see more of that yeah, why? Why would we not? They're every bit as capable. Mm-hmm. They're 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 people. People yep. are people. They are people. People are people. <laughs> Whole Depeche Mode song about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not not rocket science, but mm-hmm. I, I I do think it it still has a little bit of a problem with tone that has been pervasive throughout these movies, where it's it's darker and less hopeful. So mm-hmm. dark in, in more than one sense of the word than I think these, these superheroes are supposed to be. And I, for my part, I see Zack Snyder's influence there because he was kind of running this, this whole show up until fairly recently. I mean, even though Patty Jenkins is the director on this film, there's, there's still a lot of, of callback to that visual style and, and sort of the aesthetic of the characters and who they are and how they act mm-hmm. and so we, we we get you know kind of an emo superman in this universe and yeah 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 emo batman is a little bit less far-fetched but i think they went a little too far there i didn't get that as much here but there's still a little bit of it mm-hmm well, and you were also talking about how like the color palette is also lacking as well in in, mo- in this whole universe, and the fact that this is for some reason we just do this with movies. Whenever something has a period setting, we always mute the co- mute the palette, which I understand, but it's also it's not like there wasn't color back in the nineteen you know tens, like it existed. <laughs> um, well, yeah. But- but then in Batman v Superman, that's supposed to be like contemporary-ish. But you and know, it still doesn't have color. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's got the same muted color palette. Mm-hmm. This this is kind of a problem to me. So Wonder Woman is supposed to be this this B 
beacon of, of light and hope and, and love. And you know, overall, the, the look of it's good. Mm-hmm. But I, I still don't like the muted color palette overall. Yeah. It, the interesting thing about this movie is that although, although it, it's very easy to compare it to another muted palette film, Captain America, it's very easy to do that given its period setting and you know it's still fighting germans albeit a different world war and all that the uh, the thing that i noticed this time and this i think this ties into your lack of hope thing is that i've i actually felt a bit of an inglorious bastards feel to it <laughs> yeah and, yeah there was a little bit and, and now mind you i think world war one or the great war is like you know the height of nihilism in humanity when, when you like read the things that came out during that if you look at the art that came out of it and you know, stuff like that. I mean, like, it's literally one of the worst times in humanity. Um, but, you know, to have this beacon of hope not be so hopeful for us is kind of a problem. And I think some of that has to do with the fact that we as an audience know that there's another problem coming a few years down the line. Yeah, I, I, I think that that is a big part of it. I mean, she she gets there by the end. I mean, spoilers. That's That's all well and good. That, to me, at the end, came off a little bit cheesy, yeah. where the movie had kind of been trying to take itself more seriously mm-hmm. throughout. Which, again, back to the problem of, of tone, these are comic book superheroes. It's, it's, it's fine to, to tell a serious story. You know, it's, it's been proven. People have done this. He can do this with this kind of character. Mm-hmm. But there should still be an element of, of brightness and, and hope and fun. Yeah. and. There's, there is more of that in this movie than they have done in the previous three. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think, you know, like, like you said, just by the choice of setting, I think they kind of made it harder on themselves than it, it needed to be. And I don't think it quite rose above yeah. that for me. I think I agree with you there. Like, I agree that the, the cheesiness kind of hurts the hopefulness to an extent, too. I don't, I, I don't know why. Um, I think part of the thing is that DC has always been... They're, they've always been kind of the grittier company of, of, of the two big ones. They, um, oh, um, I sure. mean, they are the ones that, like, in the 80s, like, you know, Vertigo Comics kind of came out through them. I mean, like, we got, you know, and there's some really good comics that came out of that. I mean, like, it's understandable, but at the same time, it is still, like, this could be... I mean, if you guys stepped back from what you think of yourselves as, maybe you could still, you know, make a better product. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure either. I mean... Like like I said, I had I had some some other problems mm-hmm. with it. Like I, I thought the villains, such as they they were presented at the outset, were frankly kind of thin. I, I I wasn't really scared by them. It's like ooh, you're kind of kind of a nasty person, but mm-hmm. are are you supposed to be the the villain here, the big bad? And yeah, okay, granted that's that's intentionally a little bit of a misdirect. This has kind of been the problem with with a lot of the comic book movies in general, not just not just DC, but also you know Marvel does this too. Is that villains are just very difficult for people lately. Yeah, so that's that that is a problem in this movie. Again, this has happened in a lot of other superhero movies. Yep. So that is not a knock on on this movie no. because of you know it it being this this great feminist piece. It's good at that. It's very, very good. It's really good at that. And I, I like that we now have this established, and I have a lot of hope that the sequel that they're they're working on now with you know same director and should be some of the same cast, and it, because they're moving forward and you know several years into the future, we won't see a lot of the same characters, but we'll we'll see some. Yep. I'm I'm really hopeful for that. I think there's there's a lot of potential for it to be an even better movie. And like I said, this one was good. The problems I, I have with it 
never really break it. They, mm-hmm. I, they, they, they do hurt it, but this is not a, a broken movie. No, it's it's pretty solid. It's it's very well. It's definitely worth your time. Um, it makes me. I'm not gonna say excited, but less weary for future DC movies. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely true. There there have been some some changes at the top there, and I I think we're beginning to see some of that in in this movie. Mm-hmm. Now, so, what grade would you give it? Uh, I'd I'd say probably B plus. I mean, mm-hmm. I I really did want this movie to be better. It's still good. But I, I was expecting more. I, I give it a lot of credit for not really pandering you know, or being too cheesy most of the time. Yeah. But when, when it does, it, it really feels like you know, that, that came out of nowhere and, and doesn't fit. So it's good, but not really great for my money. Still, still go see it. But. Yeah. I wish it was less cheesy as well. It doesn't really hurt the movie too much. Um, I'd say it's a very, very solid B, probably close to the B plus. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I would be willing to watch it again. Um, I really like the way the characters work with each other. Um, the only thing I felt like that might have been missing from the movie is Lucy Lawless. I don't know who she could have been. I don't know what she would have done, but, you know, oh, would have been man. cool. I, yeah, Linda Carter wasn't in it either. Linda Carter. Linda Carter could have had a, could have had a cameo too, yeah. Oh, well. That's Pirates, that's Wonder Woman. Moving on. Film number three for this episode. The Mummy. The Mummy. Not just a mummy, but the mummy. The Mummy, yes. So I grew up watching the Universal Horror monster movies, and... I will admit the mummy was never actually one of my favorites. Um, I was more of a more of a Dracula Frankenstein Wolfman guy. Um, there, I have a whole podcast about this that you can listen to. It's in the archive somewhere. You can find it. It's a bonus episode. But anyway, it's only like three episodes back. It's only like three. Yeah, it, yeah. Anyway, so you, you can listen to that if you want to. The the thing about this is that I actually think my fandom of the Universal horror flicks actually made me like this movie more than the average audience member probably however i should state that i have no real emotional attachment to the stephen summers brendan fraser movies and i think if you do have that you're going to be disappointed by this film because it's not like that at all it's not a remake of that it's not really a remake of the 32 mummy movie either with with boris karloff but there are things from that that show up here it's, you know, it's pretty straightforward how the plot works. Um, Tom Cruise is doing something he shouldn't do, wakes up a mummy. Mummy gets really into Tom Cruise because, well, Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise. And she wants to set about the end of the world, but not really. Really what she wants to do is she wants to bring back the god of death, the Egyptian god of death. And she will do this through Tom Cruise. And in order for this to happen, there's a lot of things that have to go down. But... Along the way, we meet other characters. We have Dr. Henry Jekyll, who is played by Russell Crowe, who is the head of some kind of monster-watching organization that isn't exactly clear. But, I don't know, for what it is, it's an enjoyable film. I wish it was more of a monster movie and less of an adventure action-adventure film, because I think that is what probably hurts it the most. I'll admit that's part of the reason why I wasn't that interested in the Stephen Summers, Brendan Fraser movies, because I, I didn't really, you know, they didn't look like monster movies. They looked like action adventure films, which is fine and all, but, you know, 
I wanted a monster movie. Yeah, that that was definitely a different take that they took before, and this this is certainly mm-hmm. something different. They they did retain some of that action adventure element, and I I agree that this this would have been a better movie overall if it had been even more leaning towards the the horror end of things. But that that said, I do feel like we, this this was a decent monster movie, not not really a horror movie. Like mm-hmm. I, I didn't have this sense of existential dread that that like. I feel like I get out of a really good horror movie. Yeah, that's kind of hard to do with a monster movie, I feel. But... It, it, it can be. It has been done, though. Yeah. It's still harder to do with a PG-13 and get yeah. mass market appeal, which mm-hmm. they were obviously shooting for here. No, I mean, I, I, I had fun. I liked it. You know, like like you said, you're you're really steeped in the the, the old horror classics. I'm not as much. I've I've seen not not nearly as many as you have because you you've seen like all the obscure ones and, and yes. everything. I've I've seen most of the big ones yes. that that people talk about. So I've I've got those under my belt, and it's like yeah, I've I've said this many times before on the show. Horror isn't really my beat, mm-hmm. but I can still appreciate it. Yeah, and I, I I do agree. This this would have been a better movie if it had been less action adventure and more horror. But instead, they ended up somewhere in the middle, and I thought overall it was a decent monster movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that's the thing. It's like a, it is a decent monster movie. I just wish it was more of a monster. I don't know. Maybe when I say I want it to be more of a monster movie, it's probably the same thing. I wish there was a more of a horror element to it. I wish there was more creature from the Black Lagoon in it, and less, less, less the like the mummy's hand. I guess if I was going <laughs> to if I was going to use the old movies as an example, um, there's uh, there's a monster. She does things. She's actually a really awesome monster. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna begrudge her. She's like the mummy is actually a really cool monster. She spends most of the movie being gross looking. She looks like a mummy, which I think is pretty cool. Anyway, so like, so I'm not gonna begrudge. I mean, it, the monster itself is really good. I just wish there was more, more monster movie elements to it, and that would be more horror because the film really, ex- really excels in its horror moments, such as when, when Tom Cruise gets attacked by rats or when there's a bunch of bugs around. Or, or when she's when she is on the prowl in her in her zombie mummy form, like that's that's where the film really really excels. Yeah, and I wish there was more of that. How they're gonna move on? I'm interested to see what they do. I'm hoping that they from this they're like okay maybe we need to go more for a horror lean if it if they're able to get it off the ground. I do think it's odd that they decided to start with the mummy on this when I think they probably should have gone with either Frankenstein or or Dracula. But whatever. Well, I I don't know. Dracula's got a lot of baggage associated with it, and they did have that that one it's Dracula Untold, yeah. Yeah, and at, at at one point they were talking about that was going to be part of this continuity, and now they've said, nah, not 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 so much. Forget that. That didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Pay no attention to that monster behind the curtain. Yep. Yeah. They. I, I think they probably should have started with something else. But the the weird thing is, the next movie is going to be Bride of Frankenstein when they haven't done. Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Well, yeah, it's interesting what they're going to have to do there. But to be fair, like, if you watch, you can watch Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein back to back, and that is, that is the length of a whole, of a regular movie now. Yeah, of a a modern film. Yeah, Of a modern film. Because, like, because Frankenstein, I think, is about 70 minutes long. Bride of Frankenstein, 75. So that gives you, like, a hour, a two and a half hour movie. So, I mean, like, it is possible for them to put those two stories together and make it into a normal size thing. But uh, but that's what they're probably going to have to do. Um, I'm interested in that because Bill Condon, who directed... He directed Beauty and the Beast this year, but he also directed 
Gods and Monsters, which is about the guy who made the Frankenstein movies in the 30s, James Whale. Um, so I'm excited to see what he does, whatever it ends up being. So I'm interested to see what happens, although I wish this movie was better. Um, Grade-wise, I would say this movie is also probably is, is, is a C+. Plus. Um, or at least a solid C. I enjoyed it. I had a good time. It's not great. It's not terrible. Um, I wish it was better. But I was. Yeah. I'm not going to say I was disappointed. I won't. I won't go that far. But I will say I wish it was better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So of 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 these three so far that we've we've talked about, I I wasn't really disappointed exactly by by any of them. Like I I did hope for for a better movie out of Wonder Woman, but that wasn't really an expectation exactly this was easily better than than pirates in my estimation oh yeah i would say it's better than pirates for sure yeah yeah and there were some some neat little easter eggs for for fans of the old films or or even of the you know the the brendan fraser movies from you know a few years back and that was kind of neat the uh i i i do want to call out the aesthetic overall felt kind of 1930s but it was supposed to be contemporary yeah and that did kind of seem weird I think part of that again is is me bringing that to the table because to to me this story sort of belongs in the 1930s, but mm-hmm. then with the the set designs they sort of leaned into that, but it's it's supposed to be you know early 21st century somehow, but we don't see a whole lot of real evidence of that. It's, yeah. So when it does come out, it's it's wait what how do, how do they have this? Shouldn't oh yeah it right. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should look at the movie from a different angle. Maybe maybe we should think about it as like if we thought of it as an allegory of being in a bad relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that has nothing to do with your, your aesthetic complaint. It just popped into my head just now. Like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> anyway, okay, whatever. Uh that's not really here or there, but yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I, I that would be like, an interesting perspective, yeah. I do think it needs to decide what time it wants to be. Although, well, I don't know, because the next movie we're going to talk about also plays up some 50s thing, some 50s aesthetics, but it does it in a much better way. So perhaps it's just harder to do that with the 1930s, but yeah, I kind of agree that it needs to figure out what it wants to do there. I still want to see the next movie, whatever it ends up being, but this this film did have its share of things it needs to work on before they... May, well, that I hope that they consider fixing in the next movies. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, with that, we're going to move on to our fourth and final movie for this episode. If you've stuck with us this long, thank you so much. Thank you so much. is Edgar Wright's new movie, Baby Driver. Yes, the first film in the Simon and Garfunkel cinematic universe. Not really. Um, But I I encourage you... but not really. I encourage you after this to Google Simon and Garfunkel cinematic universe and read the story that came out of that, because it's really, really (laughs) funny. That this is a movie that is not connected to anything else. This isn't a franchise film. This, uh... Although there's the... Although it does have a Simon and Garfunkel named, like... You know, title, and there's another film with a Simon and Garfunkel song title coming out. Also, this summer they're not connected to each other, but 
we can pretend they are if we want to. Anyway, it's nice to, this is our original film of the four, and yeah, and you and I have been have been Edgar Wright fans since for since Shaun of the Dead, I would say. So we, yeah, I was I was ex- I was excited to see this, but I was a little concerned about it because I am not the biggest fan of car exploitation films, really. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I've seen them. There are some that I like. I you know, like I'm a big fan of Two Lane Blacktop with James Taylor, although that is a really existential car exploitation movie. So that's it's not like a Fast and the Furious movie. Um, I haven't seen all of one of those. I never saw all of Gone in 60 Seconds. So, like, those things just generally don't appeal to me. And I was a little nervous going into this, and I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, yeah. So, for for me, the, the surprise came, I don't know, maybe about a month ago. Because Edgar Wright had been talking for a while about this project that he's he's wanted to do forever called Baby Driver. And you know, had had all these ideas about what this movie was gonna be. And you know, earlier this year, you start seeing the trailer in front of other movies for this movie, Baby Driver, and it looks like like you said, this is you know sort of yeah, uh, a car exploitation action movie. And I never really put those together until you know, maybe about a month ago. That, oh wait a minute, this is this is that Edgar Wright movie. Edgar Wright made this movie. And from the trailer, it looked so different from most of the rest of his stuff. Little little bits of his sort of slightly off-kilter signature comedy, but it's not a comedy exactly. It's it's much more an action film at its Mm -hmm. core. But it's also kind of a musical, also. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, But not in, like, the way, like, La La Land is a musical. It's, uh, it's like, I don't know, there's just so much dancing and the music is used so prevalently and is such an important part of it that it feels like a musical in that sense. Yeah, and in a way it is. It's like a Edgar Wright-directed car music video in a lot of ways. And I feel like (laughs) that's not quite right, but that kind of gives you an idea. I liked the movie. I thought it was really, really, really well made. It's like technically like it's got the craft of filmmaking down really well. Edgar Wright is an extremely talented, really good, hardworking director. And you can tell with every shot in this movie and the way that he uses all the elements. I do, however, you and I talk about how we sometimes bring baggage to movies when we're going to the theater. And I think I may have done this film a little bit of a disservice in that I kind of thought this was going to have a bit of that Edgar Wright extra thing to it because his previous movies, well, that we know that, that we've seen like, you know, Shaun of the Dead, mm-hmm. um, at world's in hot fuzz and Scott Pilgrim all kind of like a sense of parody about them, but there's also something subversive and a little bit more adult about them as well. Like there's something a little extra and I was looking for that in this and it may or may not actually be there, but that doesn't mean I should be looking for that. Is the thing. <laughs> like that's the thing I was really like, I might be doing the film a disservice by ex- putting some expectations that might be a little silly, but I mean that if there was anything that like I felt was missing from the movie is that little extra, extra thing that it's not the film is shallow or that it's lacking depth. It's just, yeah, I feel like it's missing a one ingredient that I'm used to seeing in an Edgar Wright movie that if it wasn't an Edgar Wright movie, I wouldn't have been looking for it. So take that as you will. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think you're probably exactly right about that. I somehow managed to not have that problem with this movie though. It, it, it is definitely different from, you know, his other films, like, like you've said, but I think it's supposed to be different. I, I think it is 
much more straightforward. There's there isn't really as, as much depth to it, but it is so well executed and it's it's all very competent. There there are lots of elaborate but not over the top stunts and they're all shot very well. So And mostly done practically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's 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 exciting without you know descending into the ludicrous most yes. of the time. And and that's that's great. And there there's some some good character moments even though the characters are only slightly deeper than cardboard cutouts. It, yeah. it, it, it is a very straightforward action movie for the most part. And the, the music does play a big part and, and the, the sound design of it. There are some, some really neat things there. So I, I had a lot of fun with this movie. I wasn't really expecting it to be the same as, as Edgar Wright's previous movies. I knew there would be some of, of that sensibility there, mm-hmm. but I, it was it was clear to me immediately from the trailers that this is not the same kind of movie. No, it's uh, I think when I left the theater, I was like, if Wild at Heart and Drive had a baby that grew up watching Tarantino movies, it would be this. <laughs> and if you like any of those elements that I just spoke of, you will like this movie. I like all of those things, so I did like this movie. I do like. I admit that I'm probably putting more judgment on the film than I need to do, but and you're right because it is a very different film. It it just shows that you know Edgar Wright really is a very capable, very. Uh, what's the word? Uh, very. I don't want to say eclectic because this this isn't this isn't that different. It's 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 still sort of in the same neighborhood, but mm-hmm. a different street. Yeah, than, but, than his previous movies. Yeah, it shows that he has you know a range of sorts. Yeah, um, I'll tell you who definitely has a range is John Hamm. If... Yeah, John John Hamm had some great moments in this movie, but yeah. I mean, so so did a lot of the actors really. Yeah, and so yeah, it was Bill, it was a lot of fun to, to just watch them. Hmm? Baby. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Ansel Elgort. Elgort. It is Elgort. Okay. Name I never thought I'd have to say out loud. But, yeah. Uh, but he here does, we he are. Does a, he does a good job. Lee James does a good job. Jamie Foxx, is, his character doesn't have a whole lot to work with, but Jamie Foxx is really good with what he had. Like, he he definitely makes you feel things. Yeah, he really does. <laughs> and, yeah. and so does Kevin Spacey. And, and he's, mm-hmm. in, in almost all of his scenes, completely over-the-top caricature. But it works. But it works. Um, it's probably the best action action movie I've seen in a really, really long time. Yeah. If I was in middle school, I would have thought this was the greatest thing ever made. If I if I was a teenager, I would probably also think it's like the best thing since Pulp Fiction. I am not. It, it's the kind of movie that I think is going to become a lot of people's favorite movie. And it deserves to be someone's favorite movie. It's also... It's also a really well-made movie, and I think it's the kind of movie that's going to inspire people to want to make their own movies. And I think it is a totally legitimate and worthy film in that sense. So yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to give the film a B plus. Um, it's kind of on that B plus A minus range, but it's uh, I really liked it. I don't think it's Edgar Wright's best movie. That might be Hot Fuzz. Yeah, but I mean, like that's that's good for a lot of ways. But this is maybe one of the best technical things he has ever made when it comes to the craft of cinema he did a very very good job to, <laughs> yeah, to, yeah. to use the pretentious phrasing yeah we, we we try to keep from getting too pretentious here yeah, yeah. if uh if if we do please write us we can be found on twitter on facebook instagram uh i one one other little thing that i i thought was pretty neat uh especially with the the music playing such a, a key part in in this film was a, a a uh, brief but memorable appearance by Paul Williams. Oh yeah, Paul Williams is in it. Yeah, oh, we didn't Paul even Williams. Talk about, we didn't even talk about Paul McCartney in the pirate movie, but uh, but yeah, Paul Williams. No, I no, we didn't. 
I don't remember if we mentioned him or not when when we did our our show on the on the Muppet movie. I think he, we did. I feel yeah, because like because he 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 appears briefly in that film as as a piano player in addition to having written written the, the songs the, the, the songs for the movie. Yeah. So he I I don't I think any of, I don't recall that any of his music is in this, but they're like. 20 or 30 songs in the soundtrack so it's entirely yeah. possible I just missed it. Yeah. But no, it was it was it was a fun little scene that yep. he was in. I think um I think Edgar Wright is a big fan of Brian De Palma's Phantom of the Paradise which features Paul Williams as an actor and Paul Williams songs. So with that in mind it totally makes sense that Paul Williams was in this movie. Yeah, yeah. it makes makes perfect sense and it's, yep. <laughs> that 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 made me smile. Like a lot of things in this movie did. Actually. Yeah, a lot of things. Made, a lot of things made me smile in this movie. Yeah. All right. Well, what, what what's your grade for it? Do you think? Uh, yeah, I'll 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 say B plus. But but like you, it's it's right on that edge there. B plus A minus. It, it it might depend which day you ask me. Since you're asking me today, I'll say B plus. Okay. Well, thanks for getting through all that with us, guys. You're awesome people for listening to us talk about four movies in a row. You've been a wonderful laugh track. You have. You have. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that's that is the that is our summer digest part one. Um, we will probably we will talk about other movies as the summer goes out. Some will have episodes to them as own, but we'll probably have another episode talking about a few movies in the future. Yeah. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how that all goes. They're going to continue to be movies, and we're going to keep talking about them. We'll yep. uh, hopefully be a little more regular. You've you've had some some major life events. In the yeah, in the interim here, yeah, since. I moved, so I had to get life yeah. together again. But life yeah. together again. So, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. They call me Baby Driver, and once upon a pair of wheels.